0: Has it ever occurred to you just how incredible grapes are? Now think about it, that little box of raisins your mother packed in your lunch bag was the only fruit that qualified as a dessert. And consider this, when we hear juicy gossip we say we heard it through the grapevine. We didn't hear it through the apple tree or or the berry bush. Grapes are so darn special that the grocery store expects us to snitch a few to ensure quality control. Try doing that with a banana or a pineapple. Admit it, every encounter you've ever had with grapes has been positive. That's why we created Grape Encounters, a place for adults to hang out and focus on the paramount achievement of grapedom. Delicious, irresistible wine. Wine brings people together. It starts conversations. It makes us happy. In fact, a Wherever there are grapes, there's gorgeous scenery, very cool people, and plenty of laughter. All that being said, let's bring out your guide for this journey. The Wizard of Wine, the Gangster of Grape, David Wilson.
1: One of the most hopeful and optimistic sayings of all times is the adage, Good things come to those who wait. Now, if you're a wine enthusiast, that statement has special significance. Give wine the opportunity to fully mature, and you could be in for an otherworldly experience. But to be abundantly honest with you, I'm anything but patient these days. After nearly two years of being grounded by COVID, dependent upon Zoom and Skype and way too much virtual hype... I'm delighted to report that the wait is finally over. Grape Encounters is not just on the road again, we're far away from home and determined to roam for much of the foreseeable future. Speaking of Rome, that's exactly where we landed a couple of days ago, and I was in Rome just long enough to shake off the jet lag and head over to the eastern side of the country where I'm sitting at this very moment. To be exact, we're in the extraordinary Abruzzo region that touches the Adriatic Sea. You may not be as familiar with this part of italy as you are with more touristy regions but we're going to change that right here and now as we kick off an epic month-long visit to the number one wine producing country in the world and to help me paint a picture of this very alluring destination i'm joined by a member of a deeply respected winemaking family here with roots that run very deep it's anna maria sirikio the winery is barone de valforte And I've already had the chance to taste three of their very, very seductive white wines. And Anna Maria, I can't thank you enough for welcoming me into your home. How about we start by having you tell us a bit about where we are right now?
2: Okay. So, hello, everyone. Right now, we are in Silvi Marina, which is a small village in the art of Abruzzo in the northern part. So, first of all, where is Abruzzo? Yeah. It's a region just next to Rome on the eastern side. It's surrounded by the biggest chain of mountain of the southern Italy, which is called the Appennini. So this is, I think, it's one of the aspects why it's also difficult a bit to reach Abruzzo. But then once you get in there, you have an amazing range of different landscapes. So you pass from the mountain to the hillside and to the seaside. Where we actually are.
1: It looks absolutely nothing like the western side of the country. Completely different.
2: Yeah, it's a little bit different because, first of all, here you have mainly sand. When yeah. it comes from the seaside, rather in the other side of Italy, it's um, more... We should
1: point out, too, that it's the Adriatic Sea that the, you have here, yes.
2: Exactly. It's, a, it's also a warmer sea, more closed than the other one, because just in front of us there is a Croatia and all the eastern countries, so this makes the sea uh, more close. And also here you have the highest mountain. These mountains also protect us from uh, all the yale and uh, really bad uh, weather that can arrive.
1: So it's pretty high, and you don't really think about going skiing in Italy, but you can be down here at the sea, and then what, in in less than two hours, you can be
2: skiing? 50 minutes or so. No way, really? Yeah, depending on where you are, but yeah, also
1: 50 minutes. Have you ever gone skiing and then gone sunbathing on the same day
2: uh not on the same day not on no, the same day unfortunately not but on the top of the mountain i could see the sea so isn't that something yeah I mean, so I didn't go to the beach, but I could see it kind of,
1: so... If you get a lot of snow, can you ski all the way down the mountain to the beach? Probably not.
2: Uh, probably not, but it would be awesome to do it. You'd have to be a really good skier, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you a snowboarder? I'll bet you are. Uh, no, I'm a, uh, I am ski. You are a skier, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Because you're young, and I think somewhere around 20 years ago, you had to stop skiing and you had to snowboard
2: instead. Yeah, well, most of my friends did it. I just kept little... my ski skills and just improved it. I'm, I'm going to irritate some people, and so you got a
1: little more class than that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so what's really fun about this interview is talking to a woman in Italy About wine, because there's certainly a big movement in America, in California in particular, to recognize women in the field of wine and bring more women into the profession. What is it like in Italy?
2: So in Italy, especially my generation, we are seeing that many, many women are involved in the wine sector from the cellar to the field, to the more the commercial part. We are uh, every year more and more women. There is also an association, which I'm part of, which is called Donne del Vino, Women in Wine. That it's a huge association run by, like, Headed uh, from uh, Donatella Cinelli-Colombini, a big association of women in wine. That, and we do like many activities together. We do um, and each region its own uh, reference.
1: So we have in the U.S. Women of the Vine. So very similar. Yeah. And it is also an association that is really exploding right now. So there's a lot of attention to that. Do you think that women who actually make the wine are getting special attention now and that there's excitement over drinking female-made wine?
2: Uh, It's a hard question. I actually never thought about this. Uh, Okay, so you're you're sitting around with friends and then
1: somebody presents a bottle of wine and says, and by the way, the winemaker is a woman. Do people lift their eyebrows and say, that's great? Or does it make any difference? Uh,
2: Maybe it makes a bit, but for me, honestly, it doesn't make any difference. Like, I don't think... Well, Ana Maria, you're a woman in wine already. Yeah, no, meaning that for me, it's the same. For me, it's being a woman winemaker doesn't make me different. Like, it's the same. I'm just going to
1: say this because I've said it before on the show that I think that there's a special kind of touch that women bring to winemaking. I'm not saying better, by the way. I'm just saying they bring a certain attitude to the taste of the wine that may be a little bit different than a man's wine. But, uh, I'm, but...
2: I think it's uh, it's important to have in each uh, winery a fair component of women involved. It's not anymore a male job. Yeah. So rather before, maybe it was considered also as a an art job, a job that only a man could make it. But there are examples of many great uh, winemakers that are making really good wines. And I think what is important is to not consider it just a work for uh, boys. It's also <laughs> a work <good> for girls. <laughs>
1: there you go. Let's move on for a second, because I want to talk about the three wines that you poured so far for me, three white wines. They're just really fun wines. And, you know, for people who are used to drinking Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc and sort of the basic whites that we tend to drink in America, it's time to discover these wines. So talk about them. So
2: the first white wine that we tasted was Trebbiano d'Abruzzo. It's a native grape variety of Abruzzo. It's maybe not anymore, but it used to be the most planted grape variety. In all Abruzzo. It used to be a wine uh, mainly drank by the shepherd. This is also where Trebbiano name comes from. It comes from Trebula, which was the old uh, recovery from the shepherds, because Abruzzo it's mainly a land of shepherds, even though we have the sea. It was great to be a shepherd because you had warm sheep and
1: cold Trebbiano. And you could just like snuggle up at night with the sheep and, exactly. and a bottle of wine and you could just be happy, right? Exactly. Everyone wanted to be a shepherd. And if one of the sheep got out of line, you, you just stoke up the barbecue.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and make a rosticini.
1: Hey, explain that for a second, Rosticini, because I had that the other day. It was really delicious.
2: Yeah, it's so typical from Abruzzo. It's uh, a stick of a small cut of sheep meat grilled. It's a small rectangular grill. It's mainly made for a rosticini because they have a special way of cooking it. And in Abruzzo, they are master of So, and
1: I have to point out the fact that when she says sheep, she's talking about mature animal. In the U.S., we eat lamb. Okay. We eat the baby sheep. We don't even let them grow up. (laughs) That's it, the little ones. But here they wait and they eat the older sheep, and you get this idea that maybe it's going to be Old or gamey or tough or something like that But no, it's really delicious Uh, It's amazing Really delicious All right, we're going to have to take a break Yeah So we're going to come back And I didn't even really let you fully describe this, this wine Except that the shepherds got it and we didn't But now it's there for all of humanity to enjoy All right, we'll be back with my very special guest Anna Maria Soricchio And we are at Barone de Valforte We'll be back right after this with more Grape Encounters
0: You're listening to Grape Encounters with David Wilson. We offer something for everyone. Unfortunately, we're not allowed to offer free wine. That's what your friends are for.
1: Smoke from increasing wildfires is tainting wine grapes and vineyard executives are looking for new ways to adapt. Pure Fresh Wine's O3 technology helps vineyards overcome the problems caused by wildfire smoke by treating grapes pre-crush to improve fermentation and overall wine quality as well as removing smoke taint. For the typical winery, saving a full harvest of grapes with Pure Fresh Wine costs only 10 cents per bottle. O3 technology has been approved by the FDA and USDA. It leaves no residue and uses no chemicals. It provides many benefits to wineries, including the removal of sulfur, pesticides, and fungicides pre-crush, the reduction of bad bacteria and mold issues, an improvement in roundness and fruit-forward palate notes, and so much more. Most importantly, it safely and naturally breaks down smoke taint molecules to save grapes from damage. Rescue your harvest from smoke taint. Visit purefreshwine.com today. Hey, we're back with Grape Encounters Radio, and I'm in Italy. I'm so excited because I'm here for a while. And then I've got some really big news for you guys. And I'm just not, I'm not ready to tell you just yet, but the news is so incredibly huge. You are gonna love it. I'm in the Umbria region right now. And I'm with my new best friend. It's Anna Maria Soricchio di Valforte quick we started to talk about the first white wine that the shepherds are lucky enough to call their wine but now it's been discovered by the rest of the world so i imagine you're growing a lot more of the grape really quick we'll finish up with that one and talk about the other two
2: yeah this wine here there is a lot of saltiness in the flavor and in aromas especially because here we are four kilometers from the seaside so so you really do pick up the
1: saltiness from the sea yeah yeah it gets into the soil or does it come through the leaves
2: uh, it comes from also the soil, we have also sandy soil here uh-huh. uh, and it really helps this for the vines. This one is Trebbiano d'Abruzzo. This one here it's Passerina. Passerina is another native grape variety of the region. The nose has a lot of fruity aromas. It has um, a light body, so I always suggest this wine here to be paired with uh, some dishes that are delicate, not strong to cover these gentle um, flavours. I suggest it to pair with raw food. I don't know if you like oysters, but I would love to pair this one with oysters or with some um, shrimp tartare, some uh, raw shrimp.
1: Can we just say sushi?
2: Sushi, yeah. Sushi. sushi, yeah. Yeah.
1: In America, it's like everybody's about sushi, but raw oysters are fantastic. Do you get raw oysters here out of the Adriatic?
2: Yeah, we have some oysters, but honestly speaking, I think that the best oysters you can find are more in the ocean rather than in the the sea. By the way,
1: I just said the stupidest thing. And there are listeners that are at home. They're laughing because I said, do you get raw oysters out of the Adriatic (laughs) Sea as if you could get cooked ones out of there? (laughs) So you know what? I had this lunch yesterday that was 47 hours long and we drank a lot of wine. And I think I need to get back on my game here a little bit. But anyway, so that's the second one. How about the third one?
2: Yeah, well, last but not least, our pecorino, the one that uh, stole your heart. It's called pecorino. Because the legend says that the shape of the grape it reminds the shape of the head of the sheep, which in Italian it's pecora. Also, it uh, reminds the name of the pecorino cheese. So every time we talk about the pecorino wine, everyone talks also about the link that there is. With All right. The pecorino All right. You know
1: what? I'm so amazed by how the Italian people recycle words. Mm because you've got Pecorino wine, you've got Pecorino cheese, and I didn't even know the sheep part about it. What part of the name is sheep again? Pecora. Pecora. Yeah. It makes it really simple unless your wife calls you and says, honey, could you bring home some Pecorino? And you don't know whether she wants you to bring home a bottle of wine, a chunk of cheese, or a sheep. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I would love that you keep the identity there. That Pecorino is so delicious yes did you see my eyes just roll back in my head you know what there's the one thing i don't lie about wines on the air if i don't like a wine i don't even talk about it because i don't like to diss a wine my show is not about negative stuff but if i love a wine i'm gonna tell you these three wines are just outstanding and here's the thing i don't think that americans really know treviano passerina or pecorino that well i would bet you Let's say, how about a thousand euros? Okay, you wanna take a bet? that We could grab just a hundred Americans, okay? And you'd have to be there to make sure that I didn't cheat. And then I'd say, have you ever heard of, and then we would list the three wines, and I'm gonna bet a thousand euros that 85 to 90% would say that they'd never heard of them.
2: Yeah, I think
1: you're right. So we didn't establish the fact that you are the big kahuna, as we say in America, when it comes to the exports of your wine, and you're the one who's getting the wines all over the world, and your wines are available in what countries right now?
2: Right now, they are available in the United States, in uh, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, and then Chicago, Michigan, Minnesota, and Canada, some part of Asia, Europe, Australia. Yeah, we export almost 50% of our production. Wow. So yeah, I have to say it's 50-50.
1: So I really want to stress the fact that the region Abruzzo, which is if you're in Rome, everybody knows Rome, and you you want to go to the east side of the country, and we're talking about midway down basically. You know, Italy is a is a tall country. Yeah. And you go about midway down, right? And then there's Rome on the west side and then the, on the east side is Abruzzo, yeah. right? And yeah. Abruzzo region actually touches Rome, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 In uh, one hour from Rome, you are already in Abruzzo driving. <laughs>
1: but driving. if you want to get to the Adriatic, you want to get all the way to the ocean, then you're going to drive, I know the distance because I did it a couple of days ago, two hours and 15 minutes. Yes. Two hours and yes. 15 minutes. And you can do that by bus and you'll meet some really nice people and probably this little old Italian woman will sit down next to you and she'll have some bread and some cheese and some salami that she will share with you, right?
2: Yeah, Sure. Exactly. It's <laughs> exactly like this. No, it does
1: happen. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, well, it doesn't happen that much. Well, <laughs> anyway, it does happen. But anyway, uh, yeah, so it's it's not like, you know, getting around like California. If you're going to from one side of California to the other, you want to bring a change of clothes or two because it to take a while to do that. But here it's a little easier to get around, yeah. and it's really nice. But I'm just wanting to say with all my heart and soul that you want to discover the wines from abruzzo but this particular area there are subregions here yes and how many are there and just talk about this particular area
2: so we have uh, four province we have four province in uh, sub region in, uh, in abruzzo here we are in the northern part Ter- of it terramane right yeah terramane okay. Yeah. yeah okay Colline Teramane, it's uh, the pro- uh, province of Teramo. It's the northern part. It's uh, the DOCG area. It's the ancient tradition for uh, making wine and dishes and art. It's richer in history. Now, there are other parts of Abruzzo. Yeah that
1: make large volumes of wine.
2: Yeah, in the south, it's Keti, in the province of Keti They make yeah. bigger production. Here we have uh, a little bit lower production also because the wine producers are less than the other one. So here's what I'm
1: gonna say. You can get wines from either place and they're gonna be delicious. But if you want the really exceptional boutique wines, you might want to start at Terramani. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Nothing against other regions. No, not at all. Not no, because they, they do a, make, good, do a uh, good job. But right now I'm here and I'm here because I have fallen in love with this place. Every experience I've had here is terrific. And I can honestly say this. I have been here for five days. I have consumed a lot of wine. I have not had really one bad bottle of wine. Not one. That is Astonishing to me
2: nowadays. To be honest, then of course it depends on your personal taste. But it, I have to say honestly that I barely drink Bad Montepulciano. Like almost all the Montepulciano that I exactly, drink are good.
1: That's exactly what I discovered. And of
2: course you might prefer uh, mine rather to another one, or another rather to mine. The taste—it's really personal
1: so I just took a sip of the rosé it's the Valforte Rosé and I'm speechless so we're going to have to take a break do you mind? i got to go in the shower take a cold shower (laughs) we're going to come back and we're going to talk some more what a beautiful day I'm having right now with Ana Maria Soricchio di Valforte di
2: Valforte yes because (laughs) we sing we sing (laughs) (laughs) that's right
1: anyway we'll be back we're at Barone di Valforte and having a
3: really good time we'll be back in just a second At MM Organics, we're surrounded by health nuts. That's because we're obsessed with lowering blood pressure, cholesterol, and the risk of cancer. We wanna make weight loss easier and help you strengthen everything from your heart to your teeth, nails, and hair. Full disclosure, those health nuts are actually dry farmed heirloom certified organic raw walnuts. Rich with essential vitamins and nutrients, they're vastly superior to other nuts. Imagine, walnuts can actually lower stress and boost your brain power. No wonder MM Organics customers are so darn smart. MMOrganics.com is where you'll find our uniquely irresistible raw walnuts, walnut butter, oil, and flour, sprouted flavored walnuts, and decadent fair trade chocolate covered walnuts, which pair beautifully with our legendary two-horse port style wine. MMOrganics.com. Eating any other nuts is just plain nuts.
1: Are you following Grape Encounters on social media yet? You're not? Well, you should be. It's the best way to hear the latest, juiciest, unfiltered wine stories. It's also the single best way to keep our unpretentious, decidedly different wine conversations going strong. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Grape Encounters. For tons of content on Facebook, you'll want to join our Grape Encounters radio group page. Or if LinkedIn is more your thing, connect with me by typing Grape Encounters Radio or Grape Encounters David in the search bar. Here's the deal the more you click, the more I'll pour. Back with Grape Encounters Radio, and I'm having a tough time with the Italian language right at the moment. But I have mastered saying the words Anna Maria Soricchio di Vaforte.
2: Yes, correct.
1: And gosh, I am having such a good time at her family's winery and your family has been growing grapes since
2: how far back? It's been since at least 60, 70 years that we are grape growers, but it started on the year 2000, the wine project. So decided,
1: heck, we can make some wine. Yeah. That was your father that did that, right? Exactly, exactly. Did the rest of the family say, you know what, we're doing fine just growing grapes. Do you really want to go down (laughs) that road?
2: No, so we were all pretty happy about this decision, especially because it was also a change of life since my father actually was a doctor. Oh, he was? Yes. Uh, wait, wait a second, what kind of doctor? X-ray. So he kind of decided to change a bit the way his life was at the time. So at the early 2000, together with my uncle, they started making the Barone di Valforte project. And uh, they decided to build our own wine cellar and to produce our own wine and commercializing our wines under our name. So the year 2005, it was the re- released our first bottle of Barone di Valforte. So I'm guessing if you were
1: selling grapes, you obviously were growing excellent grapes. And if you were selling these excellent grapes, you were selling them to excellent winemakers. And I'm guessing that your father and your uncle would go to winemakers down the street and say, hey, Thinking of getting in the wine business, can we just ask you a few questions? I don't know if it's the same in Italy, but in America, for sure, there's a lot of exchange of information between winemakers. They share information, they help each other a lot. Is that the same here, do you think?
2: Um, yes, especially with the younger. With the younger, younger ones. Yeah, with uh, with a younger generation because we do really believe in the network, in being part of a team. And uh, I think this is one of the most important thing in every sector, I think, but especially in the wine, apart from the sparkle and the gold that you can see from the outside, actually it's a really competitive and uh, hard sector. So if you are able to stick together, I think you can get better results. Anyway,
1: you poured me a glass of a rosé And I am going to dedicate a portion of my life now. I'm not going to say how big of a portion, but I am going to dedicate a portion of my life to making this particular varietal, this particular wine better known because there's so much rosé out there now. Rosé is so popular. Once the male population discovered that it's not feminine, that rosé can knock you upside the head. It depends on the rosé. But also, um, it's just become a new discovery for a lot of people who are just not paying attention to it. But you see so much rosé that is especially Pinot Noir, you know? Oh, you know what? There's a lot of other grapes out there. I, now, I see rosé of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot and lots of other varietals, but you have a varietal that is really all about rosé, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like it, it was born... To be rosé. But I guess you can make it darker as well, right? Yeah. So let's talk about that.
2: So the grape variety, it's um, Montepulciano d'Abruzzo. And the PDO, it's called Cerasuolo d'Abruzzo.
1: Okay, now we got to slow down. You're going to actually have to spell that one because I want people to note this. And there'll be something posted about this on grapeencounters.com because I want people to learn about this grape. So it's spelled which way? Montepulciano d'Abruzzo. You can skip that part, but just the varietal itself.
2: Cerasuolo d'Abruzzo. It's the name of the wine. It's called like this because it comes from Cerasa, which in Italian means cherry. And this is because the color tends to be dark rather than the normal rosé that you find in the market that are more uh, Provence style. This
1: wine is easily three shades darker could be four shades darker. Mm. And it's also, I think, more substantial in terms of the taste of the wine. And I've also noticed at least a few of them that I've tasted have more viscosity and more sort of creaminess to them that you don't taste in most rosés.
2: Yeah, Am I right about that or
1: am I... I No, no,
2: totally. You're perfectly right. What I like from this wine is that... So when I describe this wine to people that don't know very well this wine and sometimes can be skeptical for the color, I always say to them that they should consider it more like a red wine that goes to the fridge, firstly for the color, but secondly also because of its body. Of course, we're talking about a rosé, so it cannot be compared with a red wine, but it has its own character. In fact, in Abruzzo, we normally pair it with a rosticini that we spoke previously about. It's uh, the normal food pairing here. So I always say this because it has a meaning behind it. Because if you pair a rosé wine with a meat dish, it means that this wine here has its character, it has body, it has structure. To actually pair it with stronger flavor that is meat. By the way, I I do want to put a plug in for our
1: sponsor because you will find, I'm sure, a lot of these varietals and styles of wine at Total Wine and more which is an amazing retailer. You'll find the wines, I'm sure, a lot of these. I can't say that for sure because I haven't done the research, but if you're gonna look any place, that would definitely be be the place to look. So I do wanna just spell this for you. It's C-E-R-A-S-U-O-L-O. And then it's Dapruzzo, which is D-apostrophe-A-B-R-U-Z-Z-O. But I think if you just use Cerisolo, you'll find the wine and, and you want to discover it. So, Anna Maria, we have a couple more to taste. You know, we can squeeze one in right now. I'm excited about the reds. And I do want to say that I have tasted several Montepulciano's here in Abruzzo. You know what? I don't know if I'm ever going to drink any of the red wines again. <laughs> I, I mean, people always ask me what's your favorite wine, and I always say I don't have a favorite. But boy, I tell you, I'm willing to cheat on my other favorites right now because I've just had so much fun with the Montepulciano's. I'm going to get over it at some point, but right now I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck on them right at the moment. They're really delicious, and they you know they grow uh, these grapes around Italy, but the ones from here. Oh my gosh, it's craziness. And you know what? It's not considered to be an expensive wine. But I'm going to talk to the winemakers around here and, and really get them to like multiply the price of their wine by five times. <laughs>
2: Whew. And Please I figure, do.
1: yeah, you know what, And if I think they can, if they take my advice and they can get that, then they have to give me wine for free for the rest of my life.
2: Yeah, well, it's fair. S-
1: seems like a fair trade, right? Okay, so we are at uh, Barone de Valforte, and it's a beautiful place. It was started in 2000 by two brothers, her uncle and her dad. Yeah. But the family has been growing grapes forever. Although it's not forever in Italian years because it's like, what did you say, like 70 years?
2: Yeah, 70 years. So
1: 70 years in Italy is like a blink of the eye, but it would be a long time anyplace else. And
2: your family does a lot of other things too. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. My father used to be a doctor until four years ago when he retired and then we also have other lands that we cultivate in other ways we have many different business but i have to say that in the last year wine became uh, the most intense job
1: and it's a fun business and i think you're in the really fun aspect of the business as well there was one thing i wanted to say before we take a commercial break you you said that your father he was an x-ray doctor i guess you call them here They call it radiology.
2: Yeah, radiology. They call
1: it radiologists here as well. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I've always said is that people who have been doctors, especially doctors who deal in the minutia, the really tiny details, become the best winemakers. You'll meet people who are dentists and engineers and people who deal with really, really fine details end up being really, really, really good wine people.
2: Yeah. And
1: think about the radiologists for a second. They deal in really fine details, and that always seems to translate very well into making good wine. Yeah, Does that seem like a
2: fair thing to say? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, of course, Are and you? it's funny because you mentioned before the dentist, and my uncle is a dentist.
1: Oh, see, see? so you didn't tell me that. No, no, no. see, I'm telling you, this is a hundred percent true. Every time I meet somebody that's a doctor or a dentist or they work in very fine details, they're going to be a good winemaker. That's just it. Okay, so we're going to take a break, and then we're going to do one more segment with Anna Maria Siricchio. She was first only going to do two, and then we stretched her to three, and now we're st- stretching her to the entire show because I just love her as a guest. Well, I can't tell you what I have in mind. I'll, I'll tell you in a couple of weeks, but not today. So we'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. Welcome to Total Wine & More, a wonderland for wine spirits and beer lovers. No matter what's on your holiday table, we have the wine and the savings to match. Pop open some bubbly as guests gather around. Pair baked ham with Cabernet for some tasty magic. Turkey and stuffing plays nicely with Pinot Noir. And while you're at it, check out the top 20 wines of the year and discover standout gifts for everyone on your list with over 8,000 wines, 4,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers to choose from. You can expect the unexpected, always at ridiculously low prices with the best service in America. Choose in-store pickup or curbside pickup, shipping and delivery. Explore more in-store, online at TotalWine.com or on the app. Spirits not available in Virginia or North Carolina, delivery available in select markets. Welcome to Total Wine & More, a wonderland for wine spirits and beer lovers. No matter what's on your holiday table, we have the wine and the savings to match. Pop open some bubbly as guests gather around. Pair baked ham with Cabernet for some tasty magic. Turkey and stuffing plays nicely with Pinot Noir. And while you're at it, check out the top 20 wines of the year and discover standout gifts for everyone on your list. With over 8,000 wines, 4,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers to choose from, you can expect the unexpected, always at ridiculously low prices, with the best service in America. Choose in-store pickup or curbside pickup, shipping and delivery. Explore more in-store, online at TotalWine.com or on the app. Spirits not available in Virginia or North Carolina, delivery available in select markets. We are in the final home stretch of Grape Encounters Radio with me. I can't say that she's with me. I'm with her, actually. I'm in her domain. I don't know how many miles from the Adriatic Sea, but I'm just a couple of feet away from Ana Maria Cericchio di Valforte.
2: And how
1: far is the Adriatic from here?
2: It's four kilometers. Then you should translate it in miles because I don't know how many miles. So it's
1: it's... four kilometers is roughly two miles. Yes. Our engineer just pointed at me and said two miles. (laughs) Okay, so it's really close. And so you get this uh, ocean influence and the salt from the ocean actually can be tasted in some of the wines. But no, they're not salty wines. They're beautiful and the fragrances are amazing. We just had the rosé and we've had three, whites. We have time to just taste one or two reds. We're going to try to squeeze two in here. And I mentioned it earlier, the Montepulcianos. This is a really fantastic varietal. And what's really super cool about it is if you like Cabernet Sauvignon, if you like Syrah, if you like Petit Syrah, any of the big reds. And then also we can talk about Barbera, we can talk about Tempranillo, other both Italian and Spanish wines. All of the big reds really, the Montepulciano I think is a really sophisticated red. But not expensive,
2: right? No. It's a wine that has a wide range of price. Right. You can go from literally 2 euro. From the biggest, that can be also 100 euro. I have to say that the higher part, are you don't find many producers. But still, what I like from this wine is that it's a wine that can have different style and all style are really well appreciated by the consumers because you can have a Montepulciano that like the one you're tasting it's fermented only in stainless steel and just really fresh fruity with nice acidity from everyday lunch and dinner and upro and then you can go on different level of Montepulciano. And then this
1: is bone dry too it's quite dry.
2: Yeah, it's right, yeah. I didn't realize until
1: you said it, I wasn't wasn't connecting with the fact that it was stainless.
2: Yeah, stainless.
1: So it's a big wine and doesn't really necessarily need all that oak, right?
2: No, 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 not at all. I mean, you can have it because we also make two wines that are oaked. But it can also be more fruity and refreshing. That's version. what I was just going
1: to ask you is that I I've, I've tasted a few. And I won't say that they're really super fruit forward, but you definitely have fruit forward versions of this wine, right? Yeah. So it's probably something you want to ask your wine retailer, the person that's selling you the wine. You might want to say, is this going to be a really dry one or is it going to be fruit forward? And depending upon what style of wines you like, that's probably the one that you want to get. And by the way... Those of you who feel like you are too embarrassed to to say that you like fruit forward wines, please get over that. That doesn't mean sweet, by the way. It just means that you taste more of the fruit. And if that's what you like, you need to resolve that in your own mind. Because once you start accepting whether you like it bone dry or you like it more fruit-forward, you're going to be a lot happier with the wines that you take home, right? Yeah, I
2: I totally agree. I always think that, like, finally taste and uh, it's something really personal. Yeah. And what I like, it can be different from what you like, but that doesn't mean that what I like, it's uh, not good. Bone
1: dry is not a test of your manhood, gentlemen. Exactly. It's not. And I like a, a little more fruit-forward wine, typically. There are winemakers that actually will put a little port in the wine or port-style wines in there to bring the fruit out a little bit more. That happens. It really does. So I love that last one. Oh, this is my rinse, right? Yes. Okay. We rinse here. Yeah, if you think about it, 100 euros for the very best of the best of the Montepulcianos, that for people who drink Napa cabs, is lunch money. Yeah. That's it. That's your sandwich in your brown paper bag costs that much. In other words, you can get the very best of the best for 100 euros, which is, you know, a bit more than $100. That's a stunningly inexpensive amount of money to pay for stunningly delicious wines. Actually, if you were willing to spend, let's say, $40 for a Montepulciano, you're going to get a wildly delicious wine. Yeah that's totally. fair yeah fair what what price should I stay above with this wine what's the cutoff should I avoid Montepulcianos that are under ten dollars eight euros something Th- like that
2: this wine here that you just tasted at the shelves it's above ten dollars yeah. above ten dollars we are around 15 16. That's crazy. Yeah, which still, it's, I think it's a really good value for money, more for the consumers than the, for, for you know, so the the producers. Yeah, yeah, you're not getting rich
1: off that wine. Ah, uh, no, no. Yeah, you, you know, you can go ahead and raise the price if you'd like to. Yeah. We're going to give you permission. Okay. Okay. If there are any listeners that are opposed to this, speak up right now. Nope, nothing.
2: Okay. Nothing. You can go.
1: Double it. All right. So tell me about this one. This is the last thing we're going to taste in the last couple of minutes of our show today.
2: Yes. So I'm happy to end up with this wine here, which is the most representative of the subregion where we are. So as I said before, we are in the DOCG area. It's called Colline Terramane. It's not one of the oldest DOCG of Italy. It was born in early 2000. It's a wine that has uh, different rules for cultivation and for uh, uh, winemaking. It's made differently from the other Montepulciano. Uh, starting from the field, the town's per that are allowed to be, to be cultivated are less than the normal um, Montepulciano d'Abruzzo. And also the terroir is completely different. It is a nice mix of uh, mountain and sea together with the soil that gives to this wine a better condition to be grown. This wine here is particularly, it's uh, aged eight, uh, 16 months in uh, Barrique and then uh, six months of bottling. So the result is a wine that it's more. We I I like to call it a meditation wine. Like I see myself. Meditation with, wine. Yeah, yeah, I see myself with a glass of this wine next to the fireplace, maybe with some friend talking. I see this wine a lot in that direction of course together with some like nice american uh, steak or uh, some barbecue but this is more uh, it's not a wine uh, for everyday yeah i don't think it's
1: uh... S- so we, we we have to stop now unfortunately and now i feel hungry because of that you want to go grab a bite right now because i'm off the air now we could go eat something and continue this discussion and then we'll have material for next week's show yeah with pleasure okay sounds good so we gotta say goodbye but your family's winery is barone de valforte yes and a website
2: is there a website yes www.baronedivalforte.it
1: So that's going to do it for Grape Encounters today. My guest has been Anna Maria Soricchio. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for hosting me. And next week, we're going to be in Italy again, because I'm not going home for a while. That's it. And uh, I appreciate you all listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye. This edition of Grape Encounters has been brought to you by Total Wine & More. It's hard to imagine a more satisfying wine-related experience. Spend all the time you want at TotalWine.com or at your nearest store. Just make sure you're back here with me at this same time next week for another grape encounter.